This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. Hello. And this week we are talking about Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. The funny thing is that Aquaman came out in 2018. That was years ago. That was like five years ago. That's half a decade and time is going quickly. <laughs> I'm having the existential dread, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Aquaman, you know, like that era of comic book movies was just growing with popularity, like Infinity mm. War. Infinity War came out in that same year and there was a lot of comic book films that came out between 2015 and 2020 and there's a lot of dc there's a lot of marvel there was a lot of marvel but with aquaman this was a film that was so out of the blue with all the films that we watched and then aquaman with jason momoa I remember you being really hyped for it. And meanwhile, I was such a huge Marvel fanboy back then. I was just like completely just had these Marvel glasses on. And I was just like, oh my <laughs> God, this is incredible. Oh my God. And then watching Aquaman today, I feel like that has shifted my perspective on the film. And me is not a huge Marvel fanboy now. But yeah, it's just really interesting when you grow up and then you change your perspective on films. So Ackman has definitely changed since I just watched it last night. So, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you're right. This came in an interesting time because we've got Infinity War. We also had Black Panther. We had Spider-Verse. We had Venom. It was, oh, Spider-Verse, yeah. It was a big year for Marvel. But then DC was kind of coming off a difficult year because 2017, of course, is the year of Justice League. The less oh. said about that, the better. So DC took over a year off, which wasn't very common back then. Or even now, you're hard-pressed to find a year where there isn't at least one and you know Aquaman came out in December the very very tail end of, of 2018 and it did well it grossed a billion and I, a billion. I, that is insane that is yeah. insane and I, I've got to say this film is just so cool it's interesting given how Aquaman's reputation classically is that he's a bit of a lame guy he you know ha oh, oh, he talks to fish like you wouldn't think that a film like this could yeah. work so well especially when DC has historically been less popular than Marvel and the DCEU as it was it only ever had one film to gross a billion and that was Aquaman and obviously some films got into like the 800 million mark but this really was the big grosser this was really really popular and I agree with you Rewatching it you can really see why yeah, you can really see what was the hype about and you can see why it crossed the 1 billion mark. And that was like a massive feat for DC because with the films that we had, BVS and Man of Steel, those films really generated hype as those were focused on Zack Snyder's work. But then there was a lot of studio interference. But this one, it was just really completely different how they approached with Aquaman. And this film was certainly cool, you know, with the creative choices that they had with the cinematography and a really good story that I really like. It's a bit formulaic, but I thought they changed it in a really good story with Arthur, with his character arc, which we'll get into. And James Wan directed this Ooh. film. That man cooked. He also directed Fast and Furious 7, which is interesting how he goes into franchises and he was like, yes, 
Let me cook. I know I know what I'm going to do. So I'm really happy that he's doing The Lost Kingdom, which is coming out in a few mm. weeks' time, in this time period right now. If you're listening at somewhere in time, <laughs> just like, hey, w- w- when did this movie come out? No, something happened like that with Bottoms. So did we do Bottoms or is that in the future that we did Bottoms? That, I don't know. That is time in the future, John. That is <laughs> we the are future. time traveling. So Aquaman, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Full spoilers oh. ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Okay, half human, half Atlantean, Arthur Curry must take his rightful place as king of Atlantis and prevent a large-scale conflict from breaking out between the underwater kingdom and the surface world. Very interesting, bro. Okay, so Very interesting. I want to start, as we always do, um, with yes. the general thoughts. But more specifically, I just want to say, and we've already touched on this, but my God, is this film directed to perfection. This is something that I've always just loved about DC, particularly in this era, kind of like 2018 to 2021. We had just so many films that love them or hate them. They were the vision of creatives for the most part and they really really succeeded in having unique styles you know whether it be this film or Birds of Prey or Shazam or The Suicide Squad or Zack Snyder's Justice League or Wonder Woman 84 they are all consistent visions of their directors and I think this film it does so well for that because James Mm. Wan's direction is fantastic I mean particularly the action scenes it is the action scenes just brilliant the way that he moves the camera the way that there is so much movement and everything feels so dynamic and there is this beautiful flow to it all the choreography is excellent but also it is shot beautifully there are just so many unique set pieces in this that really take advantage of all the different characters and their abilities and the underwater and the on land dynamics it all works superbly yeah I agree with that you know with the cinematography throughout it was just so consistent that you weren't really bored you know if they were going to do the same set piece with some of the stuff earlier in the film, you know, with Atlantia, you know, fighting in the lighthouse with Tom Curry. It was just so cool that they just explored, like, new ways of using the cinematography, like the chase scene in... Oh, I forgot what place did the chase scene in. Is it in Italy, maybe? I think it's Italy. I was about to say Greece. Could be. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It, it's somewhere in Europe, yes. I thought it was just so cool that they just had choreography that just goes into different ways. So like in The Suicide Squad with the fight scene. I mean, with James Gunn, he, he does a lot of stuff with that. Uh, <laughs> what, what What is it with people called James making excellent comic book movies? Yeah, it's just like... Let me cook, guys. Yes, James. <laughs> let's James cook. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a really great moment in that chase scene in Europe where the camera is on Arthur and Black Manta, and then it zooms past them to Mira being chased on other rooftops, like far away. We follow that for a little bit, and then that pulls back to Arthur and Black Manta, and there's just such a perfect sense of geography and doing those moves in one big sweeping shot instead of cutting between the two. I think that's just really clever, and it does give this dynamism and there's so many sequences throughout the film that feel different there's one with the trench that feels almost a bit like a horror sequence the trench yes I remember the trench was going to be like a sequel or like, yes. you know, like, but I'm glad that the sequel is going to be focused on Manta with this new trident that he has as well. Mm. And then Patrick Wilson's back again, your favorite. Tom, the goats! Uh, let's talk about Patrick Wilson for a bit. You gotta love Patrick Wilson. He is amazing in everything that he is in and he's a fantastic villain in the first Aquaman. I adore the villains in this film. First of all, thank God they didn't kill both of them off. 
because yes. now we are getting Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and finally we can have a comic book movie where there are numerous villains who can return so many comic book films and they continue to do this they just kill off their villains and we don't get any yeah. chances to see them again one of the greatest things that you can have in any comic book story is you know the returning villain and this long rivalry you don't get a whole lot in comic book films because they do kill their villains off but I'm really happy that Aquaman doesn't because I'm so excited to see Black Manta again and to see yeah. Arthur and Orm have to reluctantly work together I think that's something that comic book films really should do more of because what is a hero without their villains and when it comes to someone like Aquaman yeah. who honestly doesn't have the biggest rogues gallery I think it is a good idea to use the popular villains the important villains it's going to be interesting to see how the sequel kind of tackles their growing dynamics but I think that Orm in particular Ocean Master he's so well characterized I love how he is continuously hell-bent on destroying the surface world he, he holds such mm. resentment he believes that he's the rightful king and he holds a superiority yes they had really strong dynamics about what they feel about the surface world how much the surface world is really affecting the ocean world it brings up you know with climate change so it has really strong themes about ocean life so i thought that was just a really smart way of raising awareness about rubbish in the ocean and that's affecting sea life as well so i thought that was an interesting dynamic to see you know with patrick wilson's character you know like he has strong strong emotions against the surface world where aquaman he has a father he lives in the surface so it's just really interesting to see different dynamics across the film and Manta as well Manta's got emotions against Aquaman especially he lost his father the whole film it felt really unique with all the characters they had with DC Comics with Aquaman you know you said he was like really lame he talks to fish and that's what he does but no I think they showed Aquaman as this like really strong character throughout and I thought he had an interesting character arc exploring him and you know what it means to be king of Atlantis and then Jaime Honsu he was back and I was just really happy. Oh, oh my God, he's he's there. I wish he has a lot more roles. And I think he's just a brilliant actor to go through, you know, as we talk about him, you know, in the Guardians films. And mm. yeah, he was. Yeah, he plays. Yeah, he was in Shazam. Yeah. yeah he, he plays the Fisherman King in this film. So obviously, like, he's in mocap and stuff. But I think it's funny that he has numerous roles in the DCEU. Just like, sure. Okay, great. Good sure. to see you, Jamin. I thought it was just really nice to see with that. Oh, and Willem Dafoe. It's just funny to see all these great cast members. And Tamara Morrison, he was in this as well, you know. Again, really good cast and it just really helps to reflect the characters. Yeah, the characters are all really well defined. I really like how the film focuses on beauty. Both Orm and Mira don't really understand the beauty that there can be in the surface world. There's the fantastic scene where Mira and Aquaman are in that village and Mira is seeing how brilliant the human world can be. And also mm. you get that same with Arthur when he goes to Atlantis or when he's a kid and he sees the ocean with his enhanced senses for the first time I really enjoyed the way that the film kind of tackled that and it makes the argument of well you wouldn't want the human world to be destroyed so why would we be doing the same thing why would we be polluting the ocean so much I think there is that strong messaging against the way that we are harming our planet and I really like that the consciousness that the film has and I agree that the characters are so so very strong and I think what this film does so well is it's not overly complex but that allows for a lot of emotional exploration one of my favorite threads is aquaman's parents 
I just think it's so beautiful, this story of these two people who were never meant to be and fall in love. And, you know, you can see there's some really cute scenes at the beginning with them. And there's a fantastic one where it kind of shows their life and it plays this really beautiful song. And obviously they are then torn apart. And she says to him, one day I'll come back at sunrise on this dock. And there's this beautiful thread that Tom waits there every single day. And when Arthur meets his mother again, she says, how how is he? And Arthur says, he still waits for you at that dock every day. And there's a really beautiful reuniting scene at the end when he goes to the dock and she's already there. I really, really mm. loved that. I think that there's a mm. lot of love in this film. And, and at the end of the day, it all boils down to love. The love that Black Manta has for his father is what takes him down this path of revenge. The love that Arthur and Mira find in each other is what gives them both strength. And of course, the thing that gets Orm to stop fighting at the end is the love for his mother that he has. Mm. I love that final fight between Arthur and Ocean Master. The cinematography is incredible with the rain and you get the catharsis of Arthur completing his art. He uses that kind of spinning technique that Volko teaches him and he smashes Orm's trident. But he also refuses to kill Orm because he's not one of them. He's not an Atlantean. And that's what makes him such a good king. There's a great moment when Atlantis says, Atlantis is more than a king. And he says, what could be greater than a king? A hero. And that's what he becomes. Mm, yeah, I just really love how they had like really well-defined character moments, especially when Arthur finds the trident and he has to go through this trial of fighting against this creature and then find the trident. And it's just like this build-up to the character arc and then especially for the fight scene at the end. And I really like how with the action, it's not jarring, it's not too out of place with the CGI. It just integrated really well. And it just felt like a proper comic book movie. Yeah, I mean, the CGI is fantastic. Like, this is yeah, a really, really... I mean, there are definitely some janky moments. And I swear, oh, I yeah. swear to God, the copy of this that I watched, I watched it on a website through my university. I swear to God they upscaled it because it just looked really bad. I'm so sure that it was motion smoothed. Don't what watch we, things uh, in motion smoothing, guys. It just... Oh, yeah. motion smoothing. Oh, no. Yeah, it just... Why? It didn't look it didn't Just look watch good. stuff on 24 frames per second. Just watch... For for real. Please, for real. please come yeah. on unless you're watching avatar 2 i mean they change the frames <laughs> a lot in the cinematic but into gameplay but it's just funny it's just funny like <laughs> just change frames for in the film yeah so i couldn't do anything about that but even so the cinematography and the visual effects are really really strong for a film that is very heavily underwater it looks great and there yes. are very few moments where that breaks i think this is really it does feel like a comic book come to life it embraces so many elements of comic books that a lot of comic book films don't do the bright costumes really really cool yeah really cool. which, which may look a bit goofy on the page but man they make it look cool they embrace those elements and obviously there's the octopus playing drums and it's a film that takes itself seriously it wears its heart on its sleeve but it still has comedy of course it's a light film but it does have that really really powerful emotional core while managing to retain the fact that this is a comic book film and it is pretty goofy i think james wan balances those two very very well yeah and a lot of use of cgi in comic book films is the main convention really across all of that with Aquaman, I thought they used the props, you know, the use of like making the world feel real with Atlantis. And again, with the characters, they had like so many cool props that they had to use. I mean, with Manta, it just felt so alive and, you know, like they put so much detail into it. And also, oh yeah, one of the reasons why I didn't like the film, it's not to the film directly, but when Screen X was shown, you know, first. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
So the only way to watch Aquaman Wait a minute. Screen X, I also but, watched this on Screen X. Yes. So weirdly, the only way to watch this film was through Screen X. And they've shown it. And it's weird that that was like one of the few times that I've been to Screen X. If you don't know what Screen X is, good. It's not that good. Uh, it's 270 degree cinema where you're they, immersed like never before. They will literally advertise that whenever you're in super screen or any screen anywhere. I go to the cinema that much that I have literally memorized that advert. I am in hell. Yeah, and it, uh, and they'll just show the same footage again from the movie The Great Wall. I think they showed The Great oh, Wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll just show everything about that. So when I was watching the movie for the first time, I was just like completely just getting distracted by we were just having this 270 degree view. And when I was watching, I was just like, this is the film. And now I'm just happier that I don't have to use that 270 degrees view of watching on my screen. And it just feels a lot more better. I'm hoping The Lost Kingdom won't be on Screen X. So it's oh, just yeah. a lot of pain to go through. Because we went to see... Okay, the last time I went to Screen X was Bullet Train. And I've never been to Screen X ever again. Yeah, it's, so... it's, not, it's not something that I recommend. I know plenty of people who tried to watch Avatar The Way of Water on Screen X. And, and yeah, it's not something that I recommend, really. One of the things that I think is so cool about this film is that it is this Arthurian legend. And it's very intentionally structured like that. Oh, yeah. You know, we have, we have this quest to get the mythical object and obviously the protagonist called Arthur is you know the rightful heir to the throne of a kingdom who everyone sees him as an outsider of and the moment when he is facing off against this giant creature played by Julie Andrews can I just say and we hear her voice and then Aquaman reveals he can also hear her voice and we get that twist where she's like you can understand me and you realize that he may not be worthy in the traditional sense but he can be this hero and he does have this power that makes him different from anyone else and she even expresses that in over the hundreds of years that she's been doing this protecting Atlan's body you know his trident his suit she's never seen somebody who had the power that he had and that comes from the marrying of the humans to the Atlanteans and that works so well and the moment when he walks out of the waterfall yes with, with the suit and yeah. the trident now that is just one of the most triumphant moments in any comic book film it is one of the most beautiful suits ever and it just so works cool. so impeccably well i'm literally still floored I, by that moment i think that's one of the most well-defined moments in the dc EU or in dc movies as well you know like with aquaman finally well be yeah. aquaman you know with that and with the music and who did the score the score is done by rupert gregson williams who, uh, and i think yes. that he does an incredible incredible score there's some really great moments of techno with atlantis but also it's got this really nice sense of hearts and some of the light motifs are so well defined you know obviously Aquaman's theme there are these great moments when just like a guitar riff plays and <laughs> so like Aquaman will just kind of be like in the first scene where he's in the submarine he just kind of appears in slow motion and then just goes like <laughs> like I love that stuff and also you know there's there's really great heart with the scenes between Atlanta and Tom as, as I said earlier like the score elevates all of that and I think that it is really beautiful and even the score even lifts some of the more janky scenes like there are some slow scenes and there are some exposition heavy scenes and there are a couple of scenes with some acting that is whew, okay like those scenes <laughs> with young arthur which are quite funny because young arthur 
he cannot act, my friend. There are three three actors who play young Arthur, and one of them in particular, the teenage one. It's just a bit funny listening to him. Um, yeah. Like the yeah, dialogue no, and, and, and his, his performance. It doesn't work very well. I think that is probably where the film struggles the most for me. But yeah. those scenes are quite funny. Funniest thing is that you have a really good actor, Willem Dafoe, just next, <laughs> just like next to the actor. And he's just acting his ass out, you know, like he just puts 110% in, in his performance and he drives it so well. Especially if you've seen The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is just one of the strongest performances I've seen from Willem Dafoe. But it, it must have been a challenge for him. He's always fantastic. And I find it funny that he's in this scene being Willem Dafoe and then there's someone else there just like, are you saying, are you saying they executed her? Because because she had me like it like that's 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 yes. quite funny <laughs> it's a little bit funny yeah and uh, it's funny it's just like he's just so serious and he's just like yes and then he's yeah like, you mean you mean my mom they executed her it's just reminded me of okay tom you haven't seen the madam web trailer one of the lines <laughs> oh i know i know the line i oh know my the god line. it was Okay, it's just on the level with Morbius in terms of terrible <laughs> with the line. My mother was in the Amazon forest studying spider poison with my father before she died. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand <laughs> like, who, who wrote that line. That's got to be just a line for the trailer. Don't worry, folks. We will be doing a video oh on. God. We will be doing an episode on Madam Web when that comes out. Uh, um, but in, in in the case of Aquaman, I think that those scenes Aquaman, are yes. pretty, those scenes are pretty rough, but they don't really last very long. So you know, it doesn't. It's not hey, a huge. It's a win. Thing. Yeah, it is a win. Exactly. Um. So exactly. Aquaman. What are you going to give it out of 10? I'm going to say, yeah, out of 10. I thought this was a really strong film. I really enjoyed it. So what about you? Yeah, no, I agree. 8 out of 10. I think that DC's had some ups and downs over the years. But, you know, I think we're coming to a point where hopefully we can move beyond, you know, the latest kind of depressing bit. And I'm excited for the sequel. I think it looks really cool. And it looks like it could be a worthy successor. Will it gross $1 billion? Absolutely not. Will it flop? Maybe it will. But I do think think it will be pretty cool, you know. So hopefully... Hopefully, Hopefully it will be the, the, I mean, I guess that will be the final, technically the final DC EU thing. I hope it's a worthy send off. Yeah. Before we go into James Gunn's DC EU. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. It's just interesting how we're going to see from that. And Jason Momoa isn't done with DC actually. Um, no. Yeah. Will, will he be playing Lobo? Only time will Lobo. tell. We still, we still Lobo have is a... a crazy character. Yeah, I think he can do Lobo really well. But I'm excited yeah. to see where DC is going with this. Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can give us a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And next week, we're not going to be doing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom just yet because, and I think this is quite ironic, we're going to be doing Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. So instead of doing a DC film, we'll be doing a Zack Snyder film, which I think is quite funny. But we will be doing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom the week after that. So uh, yes, so uh, send us an email at Film at gmail.com let us know your thoughts on rebel moon and ask us any questions or answer it right here on the podcast next week yes you can follow us on instagram at out of time film pod to see our incredible thumbnails from saint asbel 
on Twitter for more thoughts from Tom and TikTok to see edited clips which are all also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts and you can find links to that all in the description below. Thanks to L. James Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips for vocals as always and I think that's everything. Yes, that's everything. I hope everyone has a happy holidays whatever you're, yeah. uh, while you're celebrating. I hope you have a really nice month so far. So yeah, take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.